And while I'm saying thank you, I should uh, bring you some belated thank yous from myself. Uh, Pastor Jeff uh, capably filled in for me a couple of weeks ago, both at the carols night and uh, I think it was the Sunday morning, wasn't it Jeff? Yeah, thank you for that. And um, that was uh, very much appreciated for me. I, you wouldn't have wanted me to be here. I would have felt like the cows, you know, uh, for those of you who know who, um, what I had at the time. Um, and also a special thank you to the folk that helped out during the week at uh, the access place. We shifted furniture and we shifted furniture and we shifted furniture. And then uh, Pastor Jeff uh, let me be his offsider as we laid carpet down uh, in the upper section there. And then we shifted furniture and shifted furniture and shifted furniture. And I think it's still being shifted, or at least it's being culled a little bit anyhow. So uh, the plan is, the, is it the 18th? Uh, is that 18th? Are we going to open on the 18th or 11th? Okay, Monday, 11th, Monday the 11th is when the access place opens again for trading. If you're interested in, in connecting with people and uh, sharing your faith with them in a caring way, then uh, please contact myself or Joy Lawson or any of the team from the access place. There are real opportunities there to care for people as they come in to, to buy some things and to get some help there. Pastor Jeff and I have been praying about uh, 2021. We started praying some months ago, didn't we, Jeff? And started at least thinking about where we're going. As you can see, something's missing off the wall. The uh, 2020 vision poster is gone. There will be a new one taking its place in a little while. But we were were praying about what 2021 would look like. And we're not not offering any prophecy as such, but we are seeking to do what God wants us to do as a church. What about you? Do you ever wonder and dream about what the days ahead will be like? Uh, For some of us, we know without a doubt some things are going to happen. We'll probably have to turn up for work uh, in our regular jobs. Uh, Some people will shift house for a little while. Some people will uh, go to new vocations. Some people will start uh, tertiary education this year. And I'm sure we have plans and hopes for the coming days. And Anybody started planning on holidays for this year yet? Cheryl and I have. Bob and Julian, Nathaniel heading off next week for that. Whatever your plans for, whatever your hopes are for, it could be, could be health, could be holidays, could be work, it could be wealth, it could be relationships, it could be retirement for some people. The reality is we don't know exactly what's going to happen, do we? Now, Bob and Julia and Nathaniel are obviously hoping for a wonderful sunny weather at the Sunshine Coast, but... Uh, it depends on whether you trust the, uh, the professionals. Let's hope it's that way, Bob. You know, but we just don't know, do we? And so even in the life of the church, we, we make plans, uh, whether it's starting the children's ministry or whether it's some uh, Elevate starting up again or one church starting again or whatever the activities of the church are, we plan to start them, we plan to do them, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. There are some things that we do know for sure and they're the things that we want to focus on this year as a church, as individuals and as a gathered church, some of the things that are without doubt totally secure so that no matter what else happens down the track, no matter what else happens as far as our plans go or our helps go, these things will be true. And along with that, we want to try and keep it simple. I don't know if anything, there are some good things that have come out of 2020 and uh, some of those things is that one of those things is that life has become a little bit more simple. Is that correct? You know, we haven't been caught up in the activity, the 
the regular activities of life. We've had to slow down. We've had to wait in lines to go into cafes or restaurants or whatever and, and, uh, and be patient. So some things have simplified. I think that's uh, good in a way. Uh, it's become a little bit less anxious in some ways through this last year. And we want to try and help each one of us to do that this year by keeping things simple in 2021. A passage that I'd like to focus on uh, as a theme passage for this year is Ephesians chapter 4. And so Pastor Jeff and I have been talking about this and we think that, uh, is this on? We think that a good theme for this year would be focus on the one in 2021. What, what, What might that mean for you? Focus on the one in 2021. What do you think it means for me according to that picture? Focus on Jesus? He should be our primary focus, shouldn't he? And uh, hopefully that's what we will do throughout 2021 as we have done in the past. We will encourage one another to focus on Jesus. But there's lots of other ones in scripture. If you've ever done a search on the word one, you'll be amazed at what you turn up. And in this particular passage that I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, it mentions one often. And so we're going to be working our way through some of these ones in, um, in 2021. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, and this is what it says. Paul's writing this. He says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Verse 4, here's the ones. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And that's the year in a nutshell, folks. So if we focus on anything this year, it will be focusing on the ones. And I, I believe God's going to say something incredibly powerful to us because so often we're focused on the alls, whereas he wants us to focus on the ones and certainly focus on the one person, Jesus. Some of us have read some of the works by A.W. Tozer. Anybody a, a fan of A.W. Tozer's writings? He can be a little bit heavy, but he can also be thorough in his uh, description of, of Christian living. He made this comment about unity of the body of Christ and how we want to, form, want to see one body happen. He says, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same tuning fork, are automatically tuned to each other? Can you get that? Anybody ever seen a tuning fork? Ding! Okay. So all those 100 pianos are tuned to that one tuning fork, then they'll be tuned to each other. He says they are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which one must individually bow. So 100 worshippers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they, were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. What's he saying? He's saying keep your focus on the one. Whenever we gather, it's not about the music, although it's great, thank you for that. It's not about the sermon as such, but we gather as God's people to focus on the one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. If we were individually 
looking to Jesus for all our thoughts, our words and our actions, we would have peace and harmony with one another. Would you agree? If Jesus was the focus, then any of those things that could cause strife or difficulty would be wiped away because he would be effective in our lives. Any petty squabbles wouldn't happen. So Paul, in his writing to Ephesians, was dealing with a church full of Jews and Christians and they never got along in the first place, let alone as Christians. And he was wanting to say to them, take your focus off your culture. Take your focus off the past. Put your focus back onto Jesus. This passage today talks about focusing on the one so there might be unity in the body of Christ. I wonder if we at Atherton Baptist are focused on the one. That's my prayer for this year. It will focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our uh, mission statement as a church says, following Jesus, caring for each other, impacting the world. If we're committed to that, then we need to be focused on Jesus. The Bible says that all men will know that we love one another if we follow Jesus, if we are his disciples. You'll probably hear that verse come up a fair bit throughout this year as well because do people know us as the body of Christ because of how we, re- inter- how we interact with each other and how we love one another? If there's disunity, it will destroy that witness. It will tarnish the very name of Jesus if there is disunity. And it's not a simple matter. Unity is not a simple matter. It's a, it's a case of being willing to put Jesus first in all our relationships and all our conversations. What does Paul have to say this? We're just going to go into this passage fairly quickly, hopefully in some detail. He tries to be practical. For the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul was very doctrinal. It was very, very solid teaching about what to believe, what to believe. But now in, ver- in chapter 4, he's more practical. This is how you put into practice the belief that I've been writing to you about already. And so Paul has some practical things to say, especially to the Jews and the Gentiles who really didn't mix culturally, but for us today as well because we come from all different walks of life. What does he say? As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In a lot of Paul's uh, letters or his epistles, he was writing them uh, from prison or under house arrest. So he knew himself to be a prisoner of the Lord or a prisoner for the Lord, you could say as well. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the Gentiles. He was imprisoned in Rome because his desire was to serve Christ regardless of the cost. Paul gave up his freedom to follow Christ and he expected the same of all Christians. So he says, I urge you then, I urge you then, follow my example. As I have given up all to follow Christ, I want you to do the same. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We've been called by Creator God, the Creator of this universe. We've been called by His grace to follow Him. We've been called so that we might walk worthy of a relationship with Him. Paul was saying, keep on doing that. Keep on doing that. A lot of people, I think Julie mentioned it before, a lot of people think that they've tick the boxes by coming to church or by shaking the preacher's hand or by uh, doing something in the life of the church but it's more than that. It's walking daily with Jesus. 
Paul again writes in Romans chapter 6, he says this. Where are we? Oh, must have skipped it. There we are. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? It's that coming to faith in Jesus. It's that walking daily with Jesus that overcomes this sinful nature. And it's not just individually, it's walking together that we will see these things take place. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 says this, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. These are some behaviours that some of us find difficult to live out, don't we? You know, um, being humble. How many of us, how many of us struggle with being humble? One translation uses the word lowliness and it's the opposite of pride and and for the Greek mind, for the mind that Paul was writing to, uh, humbleness or humility equaled weakness and it wasn't a part of the Greek culture to show weakness. It was, humility was only for slaves. Humility was only for servants and yet Paul was saying, humble yourself before one another. Be gentle before one another. It's a real change in the attitude of culture that Paul was bringing down. Even today, the act of humility is seen as a weakness by many. And then he says, be gentle or gentleness or meekness is the word that other translations use. It's not a lack of strength but the opposite. Meekness means strength under control. Gentleness means strength under control. The Greek background to the word was of, of breaking a horse, not to, not to punish it, but to bring it under control so that it can do all the things that it's able to do with great strength. These behaviours that Paul talks about are not just his idea. These are behaviours that he saw in Jesus Christ. These are behaviours that Jesus displayed and he wants us to emulate them. What did Jesus say in Matthew? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. If we're to focus on the one in 2021, if we're to focus on Jesus, then we should be learning how to be gentle and humble. Don't get me wrong, you're still able to be uh, bold and aggressive on occasions, particularly when he threw out the money changes from the temple. But he did it with a a, uh, righteous anger Uh, not to hurt them but to prove a point. Paul goes on to say, be patient, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Patience or long-suffering, one of the other translations uses, means not to be swayed by emotions but, but to endure with something or endure with someone having the end in view. You know, this is not going to go on forever. We'll see some good come out of this. Let's be patient. Bearing one another in love showing tolerance towards people. Colossians 3, Paul, Paul says a similar thing in another letter to another church. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Seems to be one of the themes of Paul's writings, doesn't it? Bear with each other and forgive whatever, whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's a pretty tall order, isn't it? 
but we're challenged to live that way so that we might see the power of being one in Christ together. He says there, make, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It's not something that's just going to be passive. It's not going to happen automatically. We have to be involved in this. If we say or do something wrong towards another, we need to ask, confess and ask for forgiveness. We need to accept that when people do the same to us. But the devil doesn't like it when we live that way. He wants to stir up trouble. He wants to cause division. He wants to cause a breakdown in relationships. So it is hard work to maintain that. I wonder if you want the peace of Christ to live in your life. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. One might sound simple. Focus on the one might sound simple, but there's a lot in it. And Paul goes on to write seven really quick things in the next three verses. Individual things that that we need to think about and say, am I going to be involved in this? Will I commit to this? Will this be true for me? What's the big picture? Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and verse four, uh, 4 says, there's one body, one spirit, just as we're called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who's over all and through all and in all. That's a big picture, isn't it? That's what Christian life is about, many of those things. Let's look at each briefly and it will be brief. We won't take too long this morning. What's it mean to be part of one body? We're part of the universal church. When we come to faith in Jesus, we surrender our lives, we confess our sin, we, we receive forgiveness, we become a part of the universal church of God who is the body of Christ. But at the same time, we're involved in local churches where we have the opportunity to minister to one another and to be ministered to. Paul writes in Corinthians a little bit about the body. He says the body is a unit that is made up of many parts and though all, the parts, though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Aren't you glad that we are not the same? Aren't you glad that we're not the same? That you're not all clones of John White? I'm so glad about that. I think you would be too. But God has made us individually important in the body of Christ. He's made us with different, different functions, different roles, different skills, gifts and abilities to be a part of the one body. That's not just here in Atherton Baptist, it's, it's here in Atherton amongst other churches and it's certainly worldwide. We have uh, gifts and skills that God wants us to commit to the one body. What about one spirit? We are the dwelling place for the Spirit of God. Do you agree? The Bible tells us that. Ephesians chapter 2 says, And in him, that's in Jesus, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. How important is that for God's Spirit to live in us? The one Spirit, the one Holy Spirit. Disunity will grieve the Holy Spirit. So we need to work hard at allowing the, the oneness of Christ to be evidence in our lives. One hope when you are called. We are called just for this hope. What is our hope? Our hope is that things will come. 
our heavenly inheritance will come. The promises that Jesus gave will come true. That's our hope. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, Paul echoes this again. He says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. One hope we have together. If we don't have that hope, then we're going off on a tangent. If we don't have that hope of Jesus coming again and we'll be with him for eternity, then we're going off on a tangent. And, and to reinforce that, Paul says, one Lord. He says, one Lord. Ephesians 1. Jesus is our Lord. He is the head of the body. He is, he is owed all that we have. Ephesians 1. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Is that what you believe? One Lord, one hope. Paul goes on to say we have one faith, one faith. There is only one body of truth that we can trust and that is the word of God. It's been deposited by Jesus in his church over the years and Jude, that... that um, Kerry referred to this morning, the letter of Jude, he reminds us to contend for this one faith. What does Jude say? All right, there it is. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. There's only one faith and that faith is in Jesus. The other thing that Paul mentions there is one baptism. There's been some discussion in this passage whether the the one baptism refers to the baptism of the Holy Spirit which all believers have at the moment of conversion or the baptism which is our public confession of faith. It doesn't really matter which of those two because I think they're one and the same. But Paul is discussing the one body. I think he's talking about the baptism of the Spirit. In fact, 1 Corinthians says, for we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we we're all given the one spirit to drink. And this, I don't know if you've found it, but as you've been mixing in Christian circles beyond our church, um, and somebody says they're a Christian, there's something about them, either the way they talk, the way they, they um, live life, that, that clicks. You know what I mean? It clicks. We identify with that person. But there are other people that I've met across the uh, years who've said they're a Christian, but, but they're lifestyle, their actions and their words just don't live up to what God's word says and and you wonder if they really have God's spirit in their lives. We have to be aiming at that one spirit, one baptism. Finally he says, one God and Father of all. Matthew, uh, when Jesus was teaching about how to pray, he said to his disciples, "This, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not my Father, not your Father, but our Father. So this one God and Father of all that Paul talks about is our Heavenly Father. We are children in the same spiritual family. We are serving the same Heavenly Father. So we ought to be able to walk together in unity as one body. We have different responsibilities, as I said before, different gifts, skills and abilities, but they are to be used together to serve the one true God. I wonder, 
in 2021? Will you follow the one? Will you follow Jesus above everything else? Will you be one with his people? Will you be one in the body of Christ? Will you commit to that one faith, that one Lord? So that we will be making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace in this place amongst our church. Will you focus on the one in 2021? You might like to go over that Ephesians passage again when you go home and say, am I doing this? Is this my desire to be part of this one that God has me a part of? We're going to be investigating this more over the coming weeks. How does being, focusing on the one fit in with what God has for our church this year? There may be some challenges ahead. If I said to you, speak to one person that you don't know very well every week, that would be a challenge, wouldn't it? If I said to you, pray for one person that you know who doesn't yet know Jesus, that one person might come to Jesus this year. That would be a challenge, wouldn't it? So there's lots of possible ones down the track coming. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the one. He's the only one who can be saviour of the world. He's the only one that was sinless and suitable to be that sacrificial lamb. Thank you for the Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus. Thank you that we can know him and walk with him day by day and we can emulate his lifestyle. Father, I pray that as your spirit lives in us and empowers us, that we will seek to be the Lord Jesus to the people around about us. We may seek to bring glory and honour to him and point people to him so that their lives may be changed as well. Father, help us to focus on the one. Help us not to uh, be distracted away from the one in 2021. We do this to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Bob.